This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I wanted to speak tonight about somebody who is um, probably one of the most prolific of the Rishayim, but a lot of interesting twists, and it's the Meiri. The Meiri is Reb Nachum Reb Shloimeh Hamiri. He's called Hamiri. Some some vague, not clear about um, some ancestor named Reb Meir, and they called Hamiri. The um, he was born in 1249, and we know exactly when he was born, even the birthday, because he writes in a place when he was born. I'll explain where he writes. And then he, if the, we know a little bit less about 1319. That's the dates given. Um, he was in an area called Provence. It's important to know it because we've mentioned many times before Chachma Yisrael they, they were of a certain type depending where they were. Sfarat had a certain type um, the Chachmei Ashkenaz we spoke about, spoke about in the Sarasfarim. Provence was its own unique place. Um, the Mediterranean is like a circle pretty much, our ellipse, and you start with the coast of Spain. As it moves northwards, Barcelona is the last big city. Then it begins to curve eastwards, like by the Pyrenees. It's, that's where it's France. And along the coast over there, um, you have that area. It's south of France to the west, mostly, is called, uh, um, is, that's called the um, Provence. And it's something that had its own culture. And it was its own country in the old days when, when you couldn't have like big countries. So North France, the north half of France, was one Nitzias. The southern part of France was Provence. It had Chachamim, a lot of um, important Chachamim. We spoke about once, and the Meiri, there was somebody called Abba Mari, we'll mention. And they, it had its own, um, it was, its culture was somewhere between France and Spain, with differences between both of them. Its advantage of not being a France was, in France in 1306, there was the expulsion of all the Jews. It was a terrible, terrible expulsion. Everyone had to leave, leave everything behind. It's devastating when you think about it. And it destroyed terror in France. That was, it was it. it um, that, that, that was, and Provence remained relatively untouched. So one of the cities in Provence along the coast is called Perfignon. And it is the city where the Miri functioned, and so on. Um, we don't know much about him. He mentions in one place that he, he was a grandson of the Rivet. It's, it's hard a little bit. He, he says, Skeinenu. Rabbeinu was Skeinenu. Lachurit, it means he was a grandson. Some picked up on it. Some, I, I assume some people think it's just a general term. I don't know. But he says in Furish in one place, Skenenu, and he lived there in that Kufa. And he, was in the, he made a living through um, Mishra. He, he lent out money and so on. 
and he 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 was a was a gadol was was very chashev. His he wrote a huge amount. The the most voluminous part of it is called Beis Abchira. What we refer to the Meiri is not really. It's called he called Beis Abchira because besides <coughs> that he wrote Chidusha Meiri. And Beis Abchira he called it it's an interesting name because he felt that this is he's giving over the sugi of the Gemara in its ideal state. Now, what he does is something very <coughs> interesting. It's, um, it's unusual. In, the, in, in the, the typical svarim we have are either chidushim or psakim. Those are the two variations we have, or chuvas. This is an overview of the sugya. Like, the sugya here discusses this and this. This is what the Gemara says, this is what comes to conclusion. Some say this, some say this, some say this. And psak, and, and it's, it's sort of almost like an overview of the sugya, which is helpful in many ways. The once said that the nice thing about the Miri is it was written for Amaratzim like us. That was what he, he, he said. It's like to explain the sugya to someone who's kind of clueless. Now, he, what he tried to do was as follows. On the one hand, he said that people who don't learn the Gemara Aliba de Hilchasa, like the other Rishayim, who don't, you know, like the Chidush Rashi, and so on. Um, it, it, so the, he said a lot of times you don't have right pshat in the sugya unless you check it with the halacha. And this is what, this is what we do when we learn the Rambam on the sugya. By looking at the Rambam, it forces you to relook at the sugya and say, did I understand correctly? On the other hand, Sfarim like the Rambam, which he mentions, he was a big chassid of Rambam, Sfarim like the Rambam um, don't give you any sense of the sugi where it's coming from. So that's also disadvantageous. To have this without that, or, 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 one without the other, is not good. So, so the Me'iri in Beis Abchira, what he does is he takes every sugi and he says, you come to Gemaris that are not from that from that mesechta, um, like Gemaras, other sugyas, you don't really learn it. So every sugya he brings all the relevant information, tries to put it together as a sugya. He also does something very interesting. He takes the Rambam, he takes the Mishnayis first, first explains the Mishnayis, and uses the Pesach Mishnayis to the Rambam, and explains himself. Then he explains the sugyas and how they relate to the Mishnayis. Um, very, very unusual mahalach. And he, and he has one other very in, in unusual facet. He does not bring names. He has a, a, um, he has a uh, term. G'dolei ha'parshonim, g'dolei rabbonim, g'dolei ha'magiyim, g'dolei ha'this, g'dolei rabbonim. All sorts of names, code names for different firm. Rashi, Rambam, Toysvis, um, and so on. Why? Not clear. Doesn't doesn't say why, and it's very unclear why that is. But at any rate, um, I, it sounds like you know. I guess guessing would be because he's trying to give you a preview of the sugya, an overview of the sugya. He's not just going to details. He's just explaining some select like this, some select like this, other select like that. 
maybe he means to imply that this person, because he speaks Mikhayach Psak, Gdolah Polskim, Gdolah Magiyim, I don't know. But that's a very interesting facet. So he wrote Beis Abchira, Kimar and Omasachtis and Shas. You, and Moed Hashem Zikim, and Nida, and so on. Take a look, it's, in, it, it's a, lot, a lot there. Besides that, he also wrote Chidushim, Chidushim Hamiri, which is more like Chidushim. We only have, I think, a one Mesechta, the real Chidushim Hamiri. Um, not, not, uh, not known if he wrote in others, didn't write in others, but Lamaisa, um, so that's in the world of the Gemara. He wrote on some halachic topics, and he also wrote a very interesting conscious, I, I know what to call it. It's called Mugging Ovois. Now, the Mugging Ovois is a defense of, um, of Minhagim and Psakim in Provence to counter. There was immigration from Spain. I guess there were Xerius in Spain, and people immigrated, so they went up north <coughs> into Provence, and they wanted to change Minhagim. They said, you're wrong, you got it wrong, and they were Talmudim of the Ramban, and so on. He was, Demir was a contemporary of the Rajput, maybe 10 year difference. But, um, but they, they, were, they, they came out, and he was very upset with that, he wrote a safe of Moginovis. First of all, in his Akdama, he writes by Richos why preserving Minhagim is correct. He addresses 24, I believe, specific issues that they tried to raise and why the Minhagim that are there are appropriate. There are all sorts, but one that I found fascinating was <coughs> the people who came from Spain would play musical instruments in Davening Shabbos. They said that the iser of being mashmia kol is only like a drum or a really loud koilus. But like soft music is okay, and he really goes to town on that. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, don't even think of it. That, that, that's the, but, he, but this is one of them. There's some very interesting ones. Some of them are, are, are still current, some not current, but very interesting. They would say, they, you know, there's a Kamach Neman always, in, in, in all sorts of different things. But, it's, but, but they, he, he pushes back against them, um, first by, by speaking and saying how the Chiv to keep the Minhagim is, how important it is, and also specifically about the, this Inyan. Um, each one he addresses specifically why they're wrong and, and the minute that's, a, that's prevalent is right. He wrote another very important Sefer, and that's called Kira Sefer, which is a on um, Hilchis Safras. And that's probably the most known. There was known way before on everything about Hilchis Safras. And he writes that, you know, he had a lot of problems finding, you know, finding the that are written correctly. And he got hold of the Ramah, Ramea Abalafia. We spoke about it Sefer once. So he didn't have a sefer that he wrote, but he did. Ha- but he did have a sefer Torah that was written by his say so, and he had that sefer Torah, another sefer Torah that he used to compare sefer Torah, and he put out this work, which it, it has a very strong standing in halacha. This work as being um, a, a, a real guidepost, and um, it's used. 
he writes it, and he writes that, you know, I, 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 the, the matzah of Sivitar was terrible. Like when we spoke about the Mer Balafia, there's also the, the Chaseris, he says everything was a mess, and he put a lot of effort into making sure that they had corrected. He wrote besides that, so we have the Beis Abkhira on all of Shas, based on all the learned Shas. We have the Chirush Amiri, whatever we have. We have on some halacha in Yanim, we have in Agada also, he wrote um, some, a lot of very interesting things. So he wrote a Pirish on all Tanakh, we don't have. We have Mishle, we have Tilim, and Pirke Avis. But it, he mentions that he wrote on Tanakh. In Pirke Avis, there's a very interesting part to it. He he writes a Hakadama, which has been since, um, which which has been since published separately. It's called Seder Hakabbalah. It, it's as it's as follows: the um, since Pirkei Avos is the Seder of the Messiahs, and so so forth. He felt that it would be appropriate to continue the history and to and to uh, bring it down to to his days. So he has a Seder of um, you know from from Sinai down to him. And there are a lot of points that he makes that are important points about the Mesoras, about when did they start writing down the Gemara. So we have one other document as Chashav as that, and that's Igeris of Shirogoyen. And there are some Ahlokas about, you know, things about when they start writing down Torah Shabbat, who wrote it down, things. It's more technical. And then, and then the Me'iri does give us some insight into some of, the, of, of events in his dawn. This is where he writes, um, you know, how old he was when he finished this. And that he, 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 there, there are, it's, it's, a, it's a very important historical document. He, it's been Mechon Ofek who put out the Me'iri on Pirkei Ovis. He put out the Me'iri on Pirkei Ovis and separated it and put this out on its own. That it's something that is called Seda Kabbalah, it's all safer, with Hagos and Ha'aris and, and, and cross-referencing with Chulu V'chulu. But it's, it is a very, it's a very important work from a very important person on, on, on these Inyani. There's one other Sefer that was put out. It's not by the Miri himself, but someone put out called Sefer Amidus Lamiri. He collected, he collected um, all sorts of inyanim, like wherever the Miri speaks about Torah, Tefillah, um, Kishuv, uh, Emuna, all, all, all these topics, he put, he took out pieces and put it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a safer, like, let's think as the rest of the Miri. We have it in Yeshiva. That's that. He also put out a safer on Tshuva. And all this is farm, a big farm. It's called Chibura Tshuva. And he writes in it that what prompted him to put it out was a guy. Not that guy wanted any tshuva, but the guy told him, you know, 
we do tshuva all the time, and we have a vidri every week, and we're really into it. You guys, where's your tshuva? What's, what's going on over there? I'm serious. He writes it like that. And therefore he said, um, therefore he said, I will, I have to do it. And he put out, um, and, he, and he put out everything about the hashkaf of tshuva, the steps of tshuva. It, it has a lot of, like, the like the Shire Truva, a lot of it, um, it, it but, but a lot bigger. It's a, very, it's a big safer. It's a real safer with a lot of different parts to it and so on and so forth. What is interesting is, despite the fact, because of whatever it is, that it's such an incredibly, he wrote so much everything, almost nothing was published till the early, early 1900s. Now, the um, Kira Sefer was published much earlier, that's brought down already in early Balalacha. We have mentions here and there from people who saw his ksav, the Ksavyad. There was one Ksavyad extent that was available. And we have um, you know, people who, who wrote about it. We have in the Shittim and Kibetzis brings them occasionally. But that's it. It wasn't put out till the early 1900s. And the question is why? Very unclear. There's no really good answer. Why you do something, it's easy to, you know, it's much easier. Why it wasn't done, it's a much, a much harder one to explain. And did people feel that it was just rehashing the shittas, so there's no point to it? I don't know. But there was an interesting, it, there's an accepted folk wisdom, which I don't think is right, that the Chazanish did not, um, did not like the Miri, because Newfound's forum, he, he didn't hold of. And this is a Newfound Sefer. That's the way it's said over that the Chaznish didn't want to relate to the Miri because it's Newfound's forum and so on and so forth. So it is true that the Chaznish did not like things they found in the Geniza. <coughs> the reasons were as follows. So someone finds a manuscript in the Gnisa, it says this and this and this and this. Okay. First of all, who wrote it? A lot of times it's just a guess. So it's not that there weren't Amaratim Apikarsim in the days of Rishonim. So, so just because it's an old manuscript doesn't mean anything. The, the, the Christian gospel is also an old manuscript. So, so like finding an old manuscript in itself, who is the person? That's one. Two, Gersos. Like, in, in something that's been around and used often, so there was check. People said, this doesn't, this, uh, you know, th- there were cross-references of other Kisiyadis, there were Haaris, there were Shilas. It got processed, and we came up with Gersos that are reasonably good. Here, we have no idea. That was an, uh, another reason. And also, he, he held that sperm that ran for a long time were processed. They say, so it brings it, they argue, there's kashas on it. it. It became part of the halachic f- and flow. This is just lands from the moon. No one talked, no one asked, no one asked, no one so forth. That's true. That, the chaznish, those things he certainly held, and that's why he didn't, he, he, he said, he, he thinks that printing stuff from the Geniza is, brings about much more harm than not printing. That's what he writes. But... There's a story about him in the Meiri, and it doesn't say what people mean it. The story goes, Chazir said something, and 
the um, and someone told him the mirror it says not like that. So the Chazish told him the mirror does not say that. So he said, but I saw it written. He said, you saw it written, but the mirror didn't say that. That's a story. Now, first of all, the Chazanish, when he didn't want to argue, which was most of the time, <laughs> would answer you with, with, a, with, with just a, a statement. He pro- it sounds like what he meant was you're not reading it right. You know, you're reading the words, but you don't want Pshat right. Chazanish himself does bring the Meiri a dozen times in his Ksavim. So it, it's true. I, I mean, it's usually with other Rishonim, but, but he brings the Miri. That's one. The Mishabrura brings him about 200 times. Um, that, that's just in, 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 in Alochia. He knows in Sharat Sion, brings him a, a, a whole bunch more times. So, so Chaznish certainly had no, the, no problem bringing him as a Shishita. Chaznish also brought him as Shita. So I don't know if. I, 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 if I, I, when people say that that's talking about the Miri, I'm not sure about that. The, he, he did have his comment about the Miri, and, and that comment seemed to imply that he was arguing with the person Pshat and just didn't want to argue with him. What the Chaznish meant more was these things, if I find in Geniza, they don't have any idea who it is. There's, uh, as a side comment about finding things in the Geniza, he's, um, Rebero Salvechik once said, um, the Rizkarov's son, the, he said... In, in the story about the four captives, um, it says that he, they took him, I think it was to Kahir, and the, the Zokin was dashing that Vihiza Vitoval by the Koyan, it says Vitoval Vihiza, that Al Kol Hazot Vila. So, so whenever you're being Maza, you have to be terrible to think. The, the, so um, you have to be terrible to finger each time you're Maza. So he learned that he has to go to the mikveh each time. So uh, I don't remember Zerb Kushil. I don't know which one was which one of the first came and said to him it's not true. So the person said, uh, "What do you mean? It says that's what it says. It says it means you toivel the etzba, not you toivel the the kayan. So it's, so he stepped down and was acknowledged that he's not a tamtam so and so forth. And he writes about him that he was a big tzaddik but not a tamad chacham. So Bell said, imagine you'll find a Ksavyad from 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 Kahir, and it says over there, Vihizav Toval, they have to go to Mikvin each one, and it'll become a Shita. You, you don't know who the person was. You don't know if it was a Tam Chacham, if it's, if it has standing or not. That was reluctance. But this had nothing to do with the Miri. Miri, we know who it was. Some of the interesting things the Miri was involved with in all the Shilas and so on. So maybe two or three things. There's a constant, the, the, the Me'iri in a bunch of places, in almost every place that it speaks about Goyim, about Oivdik Rechavim, the Me'iri's Lashen is that it's only talking about the old time of the Avodah Zara. It says, um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. The Gemara in, in Brachis, it says, Arayabat Nesisha Yisrobi Yishuvan, if he sees butter the says that when you see somebody who when you see the the, the, the houses of Goyim, you make base game is Hashem. 
He says it's only true of Goyim the old days that they didn't have any real religion. They are of the Zarah, Balamunis Kedumos. Araya Kivir Yisrael, also in Baba Kama. So it says, um, so he says, Ratzaloyma, Shal Oivde Alilim, Al Dershis Karno. In Baba Kama, the Gemara that says that Ashersha Yisrosh and Ashersha Nachi Potter, so he says, but but umis if they have signed mitzvahs ben noach dino metzlenu kidineinu etzlam we treat them the way they treat us veinoisim panim bedin atzmenu umata ein zorach loyma shekain beumis agdures bedarkedoses vinimusim and one or two other places he mentions it now the question is always. Is that what he held, or, or that was what he had to write? Um, not clear. Um, he writes it many times. The Shita Mekubetzis brings it in Baba Kama, and if you look in the Gemara, there's a Hagar on the side from the Shita Mekubetzis. That was done for the reasons of sense, that, that, that they needed to put it in. But was that the mere Shita? Some places can feel yes. Um, and he, he repeats it almost every place where there's a Gemara like that. There is another area that is, um, first of all, in his Psycho to others is interesting. He says, he speaks about different times when there was a read of Torah, there wasn't Torah around. So he says, he says, in the times of the Goinim, people learned and knew, and there wasn't a need to have um, to have a lot of svarim. After that time, there's a lot of svarim, a lot of Amaratsis, people don't anything, and therefore it needs to have um, it needs to have the uh, svarim and to help us and so on. So he, he, he writes that, that there was a, a tremendous Sheikh Satayra post-Goinim, and that's why the Goinim didn't need to write much, because people knew, and so on. There's one more interesting area that the Me'iri is quoted a lot, or is spoken about a lot. In his time, there was the tremendous Machlokis on the Kisvei Rambam. Um, in Provence, they were big Hasidim of the Rambam. And if you'll take a look, there's this Chuvis to Chachme Lunil. Lunil is also a town of Provence. Um, it's called in Hebrew, Hayarchi, Meloshan Lunar. It, it, in, in French, it means like moon. And Reb So Hayarchi, this one Hayarchi, that one Hayarchi, people that come from Lunil, Chachme Lunil, they wrote Chuvis to Rambam, Rambam wrote to them. They were tremendous supporters. Now, what happened was people started getting into philosophy. They started interpreting halachas um, philosophically. And, and, and there was a big pushback. There was a chacham called Abba Murray who lived in Provence who wrote the Rajba, a very strong letter that something has to be done about it. The Rajba and the Rosh got together. They put out a cherem that nobody should study philosophy until 25, and so on. Very strong against it. 
the Meiri seemed to be more nuanced. I mean, he was in good terms. Abamari wrote a hesper on him. But he, he writes two things. First, he writes that philosophy, in, in those days, philosophy and science was like one package. He writes that there, there is, it's very important. He said, Lamashe, and he, lists, he rattles off a whole list of sugyas that are and technical circus, how would you do this without algebra, without, you know, various sciences? So those circus, you must have it. And and also the ideas that are brought in have importance, but they need a tremendous amount of caution. And therefore, um, you, you have to be very careful to pick and to choose and so on and so forth. But, but he basically writes, there's a letter published from him, um, a letter published from a Talmud who quotes him, and basically, and, and that he, he writes constantly that it, it's something that has to be very, you can't just reject it out of hand and you can't swallow it and so on. He writes an interesting um, way of looking that this is an obvious in, in, on the Mishnah of Megalopanah, and basically what he writes is there are the Galvajar Allah means as follows. He says there are three types of Hazal. Some of them that their pshat is literal. Some of them where it's only a marshal. Some of it where both are true. And the same thing is true. In, so, and, and it's very important not to be Galvajar in, in and mix it up. And he writes about in people learning Chumash. And once you start sticking in all sorts of philosophical timing, so if much a person learns that Avram is Zorah really is Chaimer and Surah, and it's not Avram, all that, that's Apikarsis. The person is not Apikarsis. He said, if a person, Lamash, Chaza, if a person says that Chaza just means not to do anything filthy or dirty or whatever, doesn't mean not to eat Chaza, that's not Apikarsis, and that's terrible. If a person accepts the halacha exactly as it is, and he adds this tam, even though this may not be the tam, it's not that. But but, but he, he speaks about it a lot. It's a lot more nuanced that there are different halakim. Some chazal are not, it's not possible that it means what it says. So it means only something else. Some chazal have two layers of meaning, and some chazal are exactly what they say. And 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 the psukim we have also deeper layers of meaning. It's all kipshuta. It's not that different than the other rishonim, but he just seemed it's mashmal. So he's very mired, so it's hard to get an exact point. But he, he was a very he was a little bit uh, he was annoyed that people want to exclude it. You must have it because the ideas that we have from science are important as entire. So you can't just be without it. And and they're, and they're helpful. They, they they help a person understand. But lamaisa. <coughs> If it's taken on its own, um, it's it's you megalopana betorish like halacha. Akapana. So Amiri was an extraordinarily prolific writer. Um, we're still missing from him uh, a pirush or of Tanakh, um, he, and he's very mayuk and his pirushim are very comprehensive, very arichas. Sounds a little bit difficult to, because of the arichas, um, and his work on on shas is really unique. Um, there's nothing like it in, in, in the way, in the type of appearance it is. Why it remains so long, 
hidden, why nobody felt important, needed it, why, I don't know, we don't know that. But um, he definitely, he, he was a, a, a tremendous light in, um, in, in, in Provence jury. And today, Baruch Hashem, we have a trinket and people use it, and it's, it, it is something that's for us, it's part and parcel of, of what we learn. Okay.